A lack of diversity is a problem in many fields. It certainly is in the world of shark research. Our partners at the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy have told me that women, especially black women, are underrepresented in what they do. But a group of black female shark researchers found each other earlier this year during the pandemic and created an organization called Minorities in Shark Science, or MIS, which aims to promote diversity and inclusion in shark science and encourage women of color to push through barriers in marine science. I spoke with the president of the organization, Jasmine Graham from the Moat Marine Laboratory in Sarasota, Florida, about her experience as a black woman studying sharks and why diversity is so important in science. So I'm here with Jasmine Graham. She's the president and CEO of MISS, and that's the Minorities in Shark Sciences. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, what do you do in the world of shark science? So I study um, the ecology and evolution of sharks. So my previous research is focused on the evolution of hammerhead sharks. And then I study the movement ecology of the small-toothed sawfish, trying to understand where they spend their time and where they might be interacting with commercial fisheries because they're a critically endangered species. Excellent. And I know this has been a rough year for research, uh, but how have things been going so far this year? Everything's been kind of going swimmingly, if I can use that bad pun. <laughs> um, things are going okay. Uh, we were stalled out for a little while, and field work is, is a little bit more difficult to manage. We can only have certain a fewer amount of people on the boat and you have to be in the mask or a buff the whole time, which just makes things uncomfortable. But um, we are pushing through. I've gotten into the fields two times since this pandemic really took off. So um, I'm thankful for that because I know a lot of people haven't gotten into the field at all. So, Right. And, you know, like, me personally, I'm stuck in my basement. Uh, I don't have a field. My, the only field is the rug behind me. And with, with the, the only creatures I can study are my cats. Um, <laughs> not as exciting as sharks. Obviously, you're very into marine research. Uh, what got you into it? So I've always been interested in the ocean. I spent a lot of time um, with my dad's side of the family in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's where he's from. And so I was always around the water. I come from a family that's really big on fishing. So I spent a lot of time fishing. And I was just one of those people that was very curious about what the fish do when they're not on my plate. And so I had more questions than I wanted to explore. And so my parents saved up and sent me to a marine science camp when I was, uh, I think, in the eighth or ninth grade. And that's where I learned that you could study the ocean and its animals for a job. And I was just kind of like, sign me up. Sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about here is diversity in marine science and growing up and wanting this to be your career. What struggles did you face as a black woman? Um, I think a lot of it is like psychological. Um, not seeing people that look like me doing it makes me feel weird. Like, oh, why don't people that look like me do this? Is there a reason? Um, and so it leads to like imposter syndrome of, of not feeling like you belong in a place. Uh, so that was tough. And it's also, you know, you have to deal with extra things on top of going and doing science. You also have to deal with microaggressions of people making comments and having to kind of stand your ground a lot, uh, being a woman and being black um, and the intersection of those two parts of my identity um, makes things happen to me a lot that I think probably wouldn't happen if I wasn't 
who I was. Um, so, but also it's, it's difficult because I can't, I can't prove that because I don't have a control. I don't have like a white guy version of me with the exact same things as me. So I don't, I can't say that, oh, someone said that or did that because of who, who I am, who I, what I look like. Um, so that's also frustrating and it makes you like question your own emotional response when people say things. Uh, so it's, I would say it's mostly, uh, psychological of always having to be the only one, um, and always having to feel like you're speaking for everyone, <laughs> even though I have zero authority to speak for uh, the entire black community. It's, it's happens a lot, uh, where you get tokenized and have to be representing this whole group of people. Uh, so that's, that's probably like the biggest struggle I would say is just like the um, extra emotional weight or burden that comes along with it instead of just doing science <laughs> right i mean it's hard enough to, to a to do a job and to get a job and to get the education you need to get into the career you want but it, in, in your case what you're saying is then you're you're constantly worried about people being racist or even not even just being completely racist or the microaggressions and have to deal with those things and in today's climate just being believed and saying hey not only am I trying to do a great job, but also there's all these other things I'm dealing with and not only experiencing those, but then having to let everybody know, hey, believe me when I say these things are happening, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, and that seems to be what the mission of Miss is, is the, the first step, like you said, was the representation, was that, you know, you didn't see enough people that looked like you. And I know one of the things I talked to with the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy is they're looking to get more women involved with science. And that's the big thing. And not only that, it's black woman we you know not only do we see a not see a lot of women we don't see as many black women so you know tell me about how miss uh, was founded and how you guys kind of came together to make this happen so it's actually a really crazy story that i feel like people don't realize um <laughs> so we actually uh the four founders of miss we've never met in person uh we created miss entirely online um and so we kind of found each other. Uh, we had kind of crossed paths a little bit, but we didn't really know who each other were. Um, but we were on Twitter during the Black Birders Week where they had the Black in Nature hashtag. And so we all had been tweeting about um, doing field work with the hashtag Black in Nature. And so all of us were following it. And then you just, I mean, you're scrolling through Twitter and you suddenly see someone that looks like you doing what you do and it's the first time you've seen that and you like stop <laughs> stop everything right. um i gotta reach out to this person and so that's kind of how it started with someone replying to someone's tweet and being like what another black woman in shark science that's wild and then someone <laughs> else saying me too and then someone else going me three <laughs> and then um it just kind of turned into this whole thing where we're like oh wow uh, we didn't, none of us realized how alone we felt until we didn't feel alone anymore. And so we kind of jokingly were like, let's start a club. And then the more we got to talking about it, the more we realized that it's actually really important and um, very needed for people to feel supported whenever they're going through the experience of getting into shark science, which is super, super competitive for anybody. Um, but you add on those extra things that I talk about, talked about and it makes a huge difference having that support system. So we decided, yeah, we actually do need to make a club. We actually want to have everyone else feel the way that we do right now. So we started the, the organization. And once we kind of 
started meeting people and hearing people's stories of like a lot of older people um, saying, oh, if this would have existed, I probably would still be doing science right now. Um, and that like really struck us. And so we decided not just to create a community, but to push for change in marine science and shark science specifically to um, kind of carve out our space in shark science so that everyone that comes after us feels like they belong there. So now we're just, we're not only wanting to support people, but also we're hoping to change the culture of shark science and make it more accessible so that people can feel welcome um, participating in science. And so that's something that's kind of evolved. So our organization's mission has grown a lot and now we're tackling a lot of things. We're kind of tackling the old guard um, and confronting the status quo head on, which is a little scary, but also we feel very strongly that all of us putting our voices together is the only way that we can do that. So now we have over 150 members from 15 different countries. And so there's a lot of collective power there. And uh, we're very dedicated to wielding that to create a space where women of color are, are welcome. Right now, obviously, uh, Black Lives Matter and so many other issues are in the spotlight. Change needs to happen, not only broadly, but narrowly. Mm -hmm. does, does it feel like you're just fighting uphill, or do you feel like this year, you know, maybe because there's like some sort, it feels like there's a swing of momentum, like looking like they're changing for the better? Um, I think that depends on the day. Some days it feels sure. like an uphill battle, um, and some days it feels like you're making progress. Um, I will say that since founding Miss, I have a lot more days where I feel like it's getting better. Um, and that is, I mean, that's a small thing, but it's, it's changing. And I think that the proof is kind of in the pudding of, we have all of these people that have come together to join in our mission. We also opened this up to have friends of Miss who are people that don't identify as women of color, but want to support our mission and add their collective voices and power to our cause. And we've had, um, We've been open up for Friends of Miss for two months, and we have like 25 people that have already applied to be um, Friends of Miss. So the support is there. And for every naysayer, there's at least five people that are backing us. So that feels pretty good. And I think that um, collecting us all together is going to make the people realize that they are a loud minority. Um, they're loud, but they're still in the minority. There are more people that want things to change than there are people that want things to stay the same. Like you said, it's all about not feeling alone. Because prior to you know seeing these other scientists with the hashtag and getting together, you feel alone. Oh, all these problems are happening to me, and you know I just don't know who to reach out to. But in a way, you're t telling people, hey, it's safe to reach out to us. And you know, and then not only that. Uh, you have allies, people, you know, speaking for you. So the more voices that are out there, even though it's the minority, the louder you are, uh, the more you're going to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You kind of talked about it. It's a representation. It's dealing with, uh, you know, the old guard and certain things that are just need to be changed. But are there any other obstacles for minor minority women who are looking to get into the field? Yeah. Um, so one big thing is a financial barrier. And that's something that we very early on decided that we wanted to tackle, that we were going to put all of our resources to providing people with experiences at no cost to them. Uh, because one of the big things, the big divides of who goes into science and who doesn't is access. 
and uh, especially in marine science where a lot of things are volunteer based and there are even some things where you have to pay someone else to go then work for them for free which is kind of crazy but um, that obviously there are some people that can afford to do that and there are some people that cannot um, and whether or not you have money or your family has money should not preclude you from being a scientist and so we that's something that we're working on um, obviously the wealth disparity in the united states and around the world is such that people that are underrepresented minorities collectively have less financial capital and so that's that's something that's um excluding a lot of people and then also uh, kind of still related to financial, but a little bit more of a deep-rooted issue that's a little harder to get at is access to education. Uh, so providing students with opportunities early on to connect with scientists and connect with the ocean and learn science in a way that's not just reading out of a textbook, in a way that captivates them. And that's really hard. Um, a lot of times you have certain communities of people, certain school systems that are getting all of the resources, and then there's other school systems that are kind of left behind, and there's a lot of underserved communities where students just aren't being reached, and if they had the same access to opportunities, they would join science at the same rate as their counterparts. And so that's something we're also working on, and so we're looking at doing outreach with schools and having free summer camps for kids and offering high school internships. These are all things that we're really hoping to roll out in the next couple of years so that we can get uh, people K through 12 excited about shark science and have them have access early on in their lives. And that's the thing. When I talk to so many scientists or researchers, it's all about, you know, I was able to have this experience. And, you know, science is experience. It's, ex it's experiencing something that fascinates you and you want to know more. Science is asking questions and hopefully finding uh, at least close to the right answer. And so it, it's great and that you're providing these opportunities. Uh, you know, are they specific programs? Is it funding for these programs? Uh, how are you going about it? So our first program that we're rolling out, uh, we're partnering with SeaQuest. Uh, which are a series of aquariums all around the United States. Um, there are nine different sites. Uh, they're all in landlocked areas, so these students wouldn't normally have access to the ocean. And so we're partnering with them to do a um, after-school program where we would teach them about marine science. Um, and so that's something that's really exciting that we're going to be kicking off in 2021. Uh, we're also in the process of fundraising for um, a camp that we would have for middle and high school students that would be a marine science camp with a shark science focus. And uh, we're still in the process of raising money for that. We have about, we've made it about halfway to our, our fundraising goal for that. We're hoping to fundraise the rest of that money in the next year so we can start having this camp. And um, we're also looking at writing a couple of grants to see if we can start an, a high school internship program uh, that would link high school students with local scientists um, so that they could go and get experiences in science early on. And excellent. And I, I also saw on the website, uh, the, and I'll, I'll just see if I can pronounce this right, the Marseille Lace Project. So Marseille Lace is uh, the Marine Science Laboratory Alliance Center of Excellence, has a very long name. So that program, the lead institution for that is Moat Marine Laboratory, and I'm actually the project coordinator on that grant. And so I'm in a unique position where my day job is my passion. And so I um, 
I work with the Marsite Lace Project, which is specifically about um, students coming from two-year institutions and their pathway to science uh, for underrepresented minority students uh, interested in marine science. So that is that's what I do in my my everyday life, and um, that also sets me up to partner my two institutions that I work with uh, and create programs like, for instance, this internship program, we're hoping that we can utilize some of the um, infrastructure that we already have at Moat. Um, we have another co-founder, Amani, who is a fellow at the field school. We're utilizing her connection to the field school to do the workshops that we're planning for uh, the spring. And so we're all kind of just trying to use our networks and our resources to um, make this available. So Miss obviously is brand new. Uh, we've never actually met each other in person. We are just trying to build something sustainable and lasting and have as much buy-in from the shark community as possible. So engaging with partnerships like the Bimini Shark Lab is a partner that we're working with to send interns to um, in 2021 and oceans research in South Africa. We're also working with them. So we're really just trying to make connections and provide uh, capital and resources to help people get to those positions. And so that's something that we're really passionate about because we feel like the only way that you change the culture of shark science is you involve them in the process. So that's what we're working to do. We have trying to have as many partnerships as possible. The only way to keep, keep make change is to just keep going, keep you know making partnerships. But at this point, I mean, obviously you're you know doing well in your career. I mean, it's difficult, and you have you felt like you've had to do a lot of it kind of with your own power and your own will. Um, but you know, do you have any advice or anything that you've learned up until this point for other minority women who are looking to get into science and maybe not feeling confident about it, or maybe feeling like, hey, I I just can't do it? Uh, what advice would you give them? Um, I think my biggest advice would be to find your people and your people may not look like you. Your people may be allies. So you might be in a predominantly white institution and um, but you there, there are still people there for you that are going to be a community to support you and um, make you feel validated. And so I highly recommend that you find those people at every place that you go. You should have someone in the room that you can look at and be like, I'm not okay with this, help, <laughs> and have them um, support you in that. And so that's something that's been really valuable to me. Um, I also think that Similarly, finding really good mentors is really important. Finding people that are doing what you want to do, that support you, that believe in you, that can tell you, okay, this is how you get from where you are to where you want to be, and not just tell you, but show you and walk you along the way. And I've been very fortunate to have several mentors in my life that have um, really gave, given me direction when I didn't know which way to go. Um, and have also backed me up and uh, believed in me enough until I started to believe in myself. And so that's something that I think is really important is just building a network and a community of support because it's really hard to do this alone. Um, I don't think that anyone can actually do it alone. Um, it's, it's hard for anyone, especially when you add on these extra things. And so for mental health and just being able to keep at it, it's really important to find people that you feel safe around, that you can be yourself around, that you can 
say something bothered you and they believe you and you not have to get into this whole discussion about, oh, well, did they really mean that? Um, that is something that's super critical, I think, especially for um, women and minorities in science. You have this new organization. It's kind of like it's coming with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. It's coming with a lot of big changes in our country. Um, and obviously we're dealing with coronavirus right now. But, you know, come next year, what are you looking forward to? Are you looking to see all these people like and get together and, you know, really feel that community? Uh, what's next? Yes, we are hoping to, as soon as things are safe for people to gather, we're hoping to have a conference um, and bring people uh, from all over the world that are MIST members to meet each other. Uh, that would be the ideal. And so we are um, definitely looking at doing that in the future. Obviously, there are a lot of obstacles to that right now, but uh, we're hoping in the next couple of years we'll be able to launch a conference and at least have a conference every couple of years uh, so that we can all meet each other in person and, and spend time with each other and really build community face to face. Well, that's good. And it sounds like, you know, the best way to make change is to yeah, come together, be positive, but also not be afraid. Because uh, I think a lot of people, when they come against adversity, they just want to give up. But I think one of the main things about this organization is don't give up. We're all out here, uh, you know, and uh, and I think that's great. Do you have any final thoughts or anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to mention uh, about your organization, about diversity and shark science or literally anything in between? Um, I think the only thing that I would say is that, uh, I mean, we can use all the support we can get and support comes in a lot of forms. Support can be like we've had people say, oh, I can sew some masks and sell the masks and donate the money. We've had people say like, oh, I have some stickers. You want to, <laughs> can I send you my stickers? We've had people um, from businesses um, send us swag, uh, make us swag with the Miss logo on it. People have donated printing. People have donated services to help us um, do basic things like web design and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then also we have our donate button on our website, missalasmo.org. We're always looking for more partners. So if anyone is out there and is interested in partnering with us, um, or if you're a teacher or associated with a school system, we're really hoping to get connected with schools. And so, yeah, really, this is a whole collective effort. And um, we really rely on people volunteering their time and, and money and services and space and food and everything else. So um, if anyone feels inclined to, um, to support us in that way, definitely go visit the website, shoot us an email. Uh, we would love to talk to you about how you can get involved with our organization. Thank you for listening to another episode of Shark Tales. We have more sharky things with the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy on our NBC10 Boston website, Instagram, and YouTube channels.